You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? Doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fine. It's Friday afternoon. It's time to record another podcast. That's right. Friday podcast hour. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So a um, little different topic for us today. Uh, we're going to talk about stimulus checks from the government because everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people recently got a $600 stimulus check on the backs of one that was done last summer to stimulate the economy. And with the um, changes going on in Washington right now, it's actually expected we may see more here before too long. And what prompted this question or this uh, this topic wasn't so much stuff we've been getting, at least not stuff I've been getting from clients, but I've been getting seeing things from reporters, like questions on, you know, what are you telling people to do with their stimulus checks? What should people do with their stimulus money? And it kind of kind of brought up some philosophical questions that are, I think are worth talking about. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things, you know, you think of stimulus or stimulus check, you know, money meant to stimulate the economy, right? And so right. one of the questions as a person who might be receiving a check is, what do I do with this to help out, to do my part? Or right. maybe even, you know, what does the government expect or want people to do with these? And so I think it's a, definitely an interesting topic and an interesting uh, point of conversation. So. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, to start, there's really two reasons behind the direct payments to American citizens. But the first being, there's a lot of people that just plain need it right now. And the government recognizes right. that, that unemployment has not come down fast enough. There's still a lot of people struggling to find work through no fault of their own with the pandemic going on. And so part of it is just to make sure, you know, the government's philosophy is we're, we're better off making sure people aren't defaulting on loans and missing car payments, you know, and, and so let's put some money in their hands right now. And then, you know, there's a couple of pieces to this too, you know, the, the whole CARES Act, the package, and then and the mm-hmm. last one that rolled out, it was a combination of let's get money into people's hands. That's the stimulus check portion. Let's extend and enhance unemployment benefits. Um, and so that's a part of it as well mm-hmm. for the people that aren't working currently. And then third, um, the third thing on the consumer household level was um, forbearance of certain debts. So a big one is student loans. Right. So if you had student loans, you didn't have to make payments and there's no interest. And that's been recently extended um, under the Biden administration until October. So, yeah, I thought I heard actually December. But, uh, you know, it was all new this week, so you probably heard it more clearly than I yeah, did. Yeah, you know, I was looking at it for a client the other day, and so October is what they put. I know okay. they had talked about December, okay. and when October rolls around, there might be another 90 days that gets added on to that. It's hard to say, um, but right now it's looking, or the, right now it's October. Okay, good. That's why that's why I like to keep you around so that I don't uh, lose track of some of these details. <laughs> the other part of the reasoning behind stimulus from the government is just that, to be stimulus. And with the idea that the economy needs a shot of adrenaline right now and putting extra money in the pockets of people that will spend it will create more demand for products and therefore keep, uh, keep companies busy 
um, hopefully uh, put people back to work sooner, create some uh, a jolt in the arm of the economy that it wouldn't normally have. You know, without getting too political on this particular topic, I think part of what the government is banking on is that as a country, uh, we are consumers, right? And that's right. A right. big, huge, the biggest driving factor of our economy is the fact that we spend money. And so they're kind of looking at it from the standpoint of if we get money into people's hands, chances are they'll spend it and that should stimulate the economy. And, and interestingly enough, the New York Fed actually did a study on this, um, the first go around and then started asking questions about the second go around. And it looks like you know, around 29% of the money that was um, given out was spent. And about 36 was saved and 35% of it was used to pay down debt. Um, and it looks like when they were polling people about the next phase of stimulus that they were thinking that the savings and the paying down debt would be even larger. So um, in reality, not a lot of that is getting spent as you would think of it. And that's kind of just an interesting dynamic to think about what's actually going on with this money. And and, you know, a lot of it comes down to confidence, right? And this story comes back to me often in these kind of situations. But I remember in 2009, my daughter was pretty young at the time. And, uh, you know, we we're in the middle of the financial crisis and the government was doing a similar uh, stimulus program. And we're watching the news and President Bush was on and he says, you know, as much as, as, much as putting this money in your pockets, what we need right now are confident spenders. And my daughter, at, I think she was about 12 at the time, looked at me and said, well, I'll be a confident spender. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, you know, and she's actually very solid with money. It's not an issue, but it was just, you know, yeah. it was just funny. But uh, yeah. she uh, little, but she really does hit on that, right? If, if, if the government is putting more money in your pocket right now, but you're afraid that you might lose your job, you, maybe you have a job right now and you don't, you're, you're going to be able to pay your bills but things are a little rocky, you're a lot more likely to tuck that away in the bank, right? Than necessarily right. go out and buy a new TV or otherwise stimulate the economy buying something you wouldn't normally have, have bought. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great story. And, and I'm sure a little uh, fear and panic moment as a dad going, oh, I've created a confident spender. What does right, this mean right. for our now, future? Now, I will tell you, I, I think she's buying a queen size bed with her with her latest uh, stimulus check, but she's Perfect. financially independent and uh, has a budget and knows what she's doing. So I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, when it comes down to the stimulus money, there's really four different options that uh, we have and, and, and mm -hmm. we'll kind of go through these individually, but you know, option one is obviously spend it could also donate it to a nonprofit or some, some other cause that you're passionate about. You can tuck it away and save it, or you can pay down debt, and, and we can kind of go through each of these. Um, but those are really kind of of your options, and, and it's interesting to to think of these because I think the initial reaction for people is uh, number one, well, it's stimulus money, so I so I should spend it, right? So I've got a chunk of money, and I should do my part. I should go out and eat at a local restaurant, or you know, buy from a local retailer. And I, and I think that's kind of the common assumption when you just think of stimulus money and, and a check that you've gotten. Well, and that as, assuming you are not one of those folks who needs this money to make your next car payment or, or to, you know, pay the, pay the water bill next month, which, 
is very, very real and very true right now too. But yeah, it's, it's uh, a philosophical question there about uh, whether you want to spend it or not. Great point, Dave. You know, we, we are kind of assuming that you are in a position where you can actually go out and spend and, and clearly not everybody's in that position, especially right now. So there's a, there's a lot more things going on. But, you know, spending it is certainly an option and, and spending it locally is, you know, been a big trend in, in terms of support local, um, support those businesses that you don't want to um, go out of business. So that's definitely one way that you can use your stimulus money is to support those local, you know, support your favorite local restaurant um, that maybe isn't getting as much revenue as it was before or retailer or whatever it is. The idea regarding donating the stimulus money that arose out of something you you were talking about the other day about people that don't necessarily feel it's right that they're receiving this money when other people maybe need it more well you can you can you can help those people out and stimulate the economy at the same time by finding an organization that that will put that money to good use a food bank or um any any one of the numerous programs like that and being serving on a couple of local nonprofit boards i can tell you that a lot of nonprofits are struggling right now as a result of the pandemic we always don't always think of that mm-hmm. you know the food bank is obviously one but you know a lot of these nonprofits do live in-person types of fundraising or right. if you think of you know the revenue streams of something like your local nature center or your local zoo um, those revenue streams just aren't coming in. They've been completely kind of taken away by the pandemic. Right. And so definitely a lot of room out there for supporting local nonprofits and donating. And, and one of the neat things that came out of the CARES Act that kind of um, helps in this matter is you now can save on taxes by making those donations um, where the above the line deduction it was 300 in 2020 and it's now 600 in 2021 for for a married couple yeah for a married couple yeah yeah so and it used to be that if you made a charitable deduction you could use it on your taxes but only if you itemize so right the change Which, in tax law only 15 percent of people are itemizing right right so some of that tax incentive to make donations was gone uh the new uh the new tax change here uh, that came as part of part of the same bill that brought the stimulus continues last year's uh, $300 above the line deduction, whether you itemize or not, and gives you the opportunity to make it 600 if you file jointly. So it's kind of a yeah. nice, nice little tool. Yeah, and, and hopefully helpful for some of these struggling um, nonprofits for sure. The third option that we have down is save it. And, and you and I know a little bit about saving and, and, and how to save, um, but that's certainly an option that people have. And right. an option based on the New York Fed survey that a lot of people are choosing where they're boosting their emergency fund and mm-hmm. kind of getting ready for what was an uncertain future with the last stimulus and what continues to be uncertain. Right. And uh, everybody thinks that you and I would jump right to this spot as financial planners. And uh, I guess maybe that is our, our default setting, but you know, if, if you're in a position to save this money, you know, look at, look at whether you're eligible for a Roth contribution or just increase your, um, contributions to your employment plan and for a couple of months and offset it with, you know, this money being there for you to spend instead. Few things in the economics are a zero sum game where if you do this, it means you're not doing that. 
if you're increasing your savings because extra money is available through this stimulus program, then it probably is uh, is going to help the economy still because that that's money that you now have available from from your pay, paycheck and cash flow that you would have been using in other situations anyway. Yeah, and you know, I think that you know some of the best advice that I can give is you know think about where you're at, and if you're if you're lucky enough to be in a position where you can save this stimulus money, think about doing it in portions, portions and pieces, right? And so what I mean by that is maybe you say, okay, you know what, I'm going to save half of this stimulus check that I got, and I'm going to spend the other half because. You know, it, you want to be able to save for the future, but everything shouldn't go into saving for the future. And, and my personal example is the best of that. And, and the reason I use that isn't necessarily because I want to spend half of it. It's because if you if you let my wife choose, we would spend it all. And if you let me choose, we would save it all. And, and what I constantly <laughs> remind myself is neither one of us is right, because if you save everything and tomorrow comes... Well, that's going to suck. But if you, and if right. you spend everything and tomorrow comes, that sucks too. So, how where's <laughs> that balance point, right? Right. And so yeah. we we kind of you know whenever we get re tax refunds or stimulus or anything like that, we always or extra money, we always kind of live by this guideline of all right, let's try to save half of it and we can spend the other half of it, and that kind of brings balance to things and and kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, both sides of the equation are met there, and I think that's kind of a good rule of thumb going forward. And and maybe your percentage isn't fifty percent; maybe you're more of a sixty forty. But just kind of have one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, let's do part of it. Let's do let's save part of it, and let's spend part of it. Whether that's spending it locally, or whether it's donating it, or a combination of those things, or um, I think that's a really good way to kind of tackle what to do with a, a chunk of money. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it applies a lot broader than just, uh, receiving a stimulus check, uh, in the middle of a pandemic. It's, uh, it's a good rule of thumb when you get a tax return, it's a good rule of thumb or refund. I should say it's a good, uh, rule of thumb. Anytime you have an unexpected windfall is, is just sit back and keep it in perspective and, and, and use, use balance as much as possible. Yeah. So the last one on our list is pay down debt. I think this is another one where, you know, depending on your situation and where you're at. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about, mm-hmm. you know, if you obviously if you have higher interest credit card debt, paying it off makes sense. Yeah. Yes. But what I would caution people there is if you you know, don't have anything in reserve, maybe you put some of that to an emergency fund and some of that to pay down debt with the idea being that if you put it all towards debt and you get into a situation where you need to, you need some money, it's going to come back out of that credit card. So it's kind of like this vicious cycle. When I've talked with people about solving debt issues, I'm always I'm always leery of paying the debt off if we haven't solved the structural issue first, which I think is what you're getting at. You know, if if they have that debt because they chronically overspend uh, from their paycheck, you're probably not solving the problem. But if you are paying down that debt that occurred because some something happened that they weren't ready for, uh, the medical issues come up the most. You know that that right. that was more of an event-driven thing than paying down the debt. Uh, you know, becomes a lot more of a realistic uh, use of that money. One question that we've gotten, we still get a lot is, should we pay down mortgage debt or or car loans? And it, and it always depends because right now, interest rates are rock bottom, 
right? And, and paying down credit card debt, that's usually high interest is one thing, but paying down a mortgage debt that might be 3% or so may not necessarily be the best use for that money. And you, a lot of times you're trading a, a um, potential, you know, better return if you put that in a Roth or did something different with it for a guaranteed savings of whatever that interest is. But, uh, you know, it, that's really, in my opinion, where personal finance really, you know, goes beyond the math. You have to really think about what's driving you to make certain decisions. Yeah, that's a great point, Dave. And, um, you know, the the whole debt thing, and, and we've done a couple of podcast episodes on that. So if you're, you know, more interested in the details mm-hmm. of paying down debt, we have a great one on the snowball debt payment method. And we also talked about mortgages and, and the potential of paying off mortgages mm-hmm. versus having the mortgage. So definitely check those out. Um, but like you said, it, it's kind of a personal, overall, bigger financial planning question than it is necessarily a, hey, here's exactly what you do. And, and we constantly repeat this, but there's no perfect answer, right? So mm-hmm. if there, you know, there's a mathematical answer, but that's not always the best answer, right? Because the the mathematical answer is save everything that you can, invest it, have no debt, and you know, live well, well below your means. And and I, what I always tell people is. If we listen to that, we'd be living in cardboard boxes with multi-million dollar investment accounts and nobody wants that, right? So what is that balance? And and that relates to how and what you're paying off debt and and your comfort level as well. Um, So that's definitely something that we kind of, it kind of gets a little bit more complex for today, but definitely something that if you are in this situation, you're looking at paying down debt, you're absolutely right. Um, Make smart, wise decisions about that and treat the causes of the net debt, not just the effect of it being there. Right, right. Well, I can tell you what I would do if if I if if the uh, government handed me six hundred dollars today, I would um, first of all, they just announced that restaurants in Michigan get to reopen on February 1st. So I think probably a third of that would be set aside for probably a good uh, nice Valentine's Day dinner and a bottle of wine. And then maybe nice. uh, maybe the rest of that would go into the uh, retirement fund. So I'd be helping out a local restaurant and uh, taking taking care of some of that pent up uh, uh, lack of social activity that we've had. I guess is the best way to put it for the last uh, nine months. And, uh, Perfect. Yeah, I love that. So um, I'll tell you kind of what I would do is similar to where you're at, where I would. Um, we've got some things that we wanted to do around the house, replacing some old appliances. So we would do something along those lines. And then definitely um, one of the things that I did with my budget this year is just targeting that $600 charitable contribution and start mm-hmm. putting $50, $50 a month away so that Good. throughout the year, as these you know opportunities come up to support these charities, we're ready for that. So Yeah, that's... Um, I really, I, I like that. I hadn't really thought about uh, encouraging people to build that into their budget now that it's a, now that it's a thing. So yeah. that's good. So, and, and lastly, what I would say about this, you know, the, the, this topic is I think what, if you do what's best for your financial situation, if you put yourself on stronger financial ground, 
your ability to help stimulate the economy ongoing is going right. to be that much higher, right? right? So the better financially secure you are with an emergency fund and paying off high debt, credit card debt, things like that, saving for the future, that's going to transition into you being a long-term consumer. And that's going to be much more beneficial for the long-term economy than it is right. for you to go out and spend the stimulus. Right. Right. Well, you know, in, in economics, there's there's really two spheres, right? There's microeconomics and there's macroeconomics. And when the government's talking about stimulating the economy, they're talking in the world of macroeconomics. Right. But that's that's the like some outcome of 300 million microeconomic households making decisions every day about how much to spread spend at the grocery store versus can we take a vacation this month and right so yeah worry about your worry about your micro economy and the macro economy will take care of itself that's right hopefully I like it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so well, you've done your part at least right <laughs> right can't control right. anything else <laughs> right 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 but so. uh human beings being what they are will will probably end up where we should be that way. Absolutely. Well, we'll make sure that we uh, put the uh, New York Fed study into the show notes and some links to the other podcasts that we talked about. Uh, but as always, if you have questions on any of this stuff, shoot us an email, uh, info at uh, srbadvisors.com or you know, reach out. We would love to chat. So thanks for listening. Great. Thanks, Nick. Have a good day. You bet, Dave. Gather round and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.